verse 10. You know, a couple of months ago, I was going through my online banking, and I noticed something that stood out to me. It was $750 that had been pulled to my account to pay for the water bill. Listen, if you live anywhere near the city of Corona Riverside in our area, you know that that's a ton of money for a water bill. I think our average water bill is about 150 bucks. So 750 is a big difference. So I did what you probably would do. I, get, I picked up the phone, I called the city of Corona, I talked to the water department and customer service, uh, took my call, they asked me for my details, they pulled up my account. And the lady that, that, was, that I was talking to, she, she seemed like an extrovert. She kind of would sing when she would talk. And I thought to myself, thank you, Lord. This lady is going to be helping a brother out. So she pulled up my account. She noticed, she said, wow, that's a big water bill. And I thought she was having compassion for me. And compassion to me means lowering my uh, water bill, at least in this case. But uh, she would have none of that. She wasn't interested in helping me uh, lower my water bill, but she was interested in uh, giving me uh, some instruction. And what she said was, uh, Mr. Moulton, if I were you, I would be looking around your home uh, for a water leak because that looks like that's what you have. So she didn't have the gift of encouragement, but she had the gift of instruction and I made myself around the house and I found the leak that she was talking about. Here's the challenge. The leak was in the backyard. Not only was it in the backyard, it was in the backyard all the way into the left corner and it was being covered up, this sprinkler valve, by some shrubs that were neglected. So I looked, I saw that it was clearly leaking and it was time uh, to do something about it. But you know, I started to think about something. Had I not received that $750 bill in the mail, uh, it could have got much worse. You see, that water that was running and running consistently, it actually could have damaged the foundation uh, to my home. So now looking back in it, I can see the grace in all of that, that it could have been a lot worse. So because I was forced to go look for that leak, I was able to identify where the, the, the damage the leak was coming from. Uh, scripture teaches us that man, metaphorically, did not just have a leak, our entire foundation was broken. Uh, we were a people without hope. Yet, according to Hebrews 2.10, Jesus rescued us and is not the source of our problems. Jesus is the source of our salvation. That's a perfect segue into the first part of my three points today. Jesus is the source of our salvation. You know, if Jesus is the source of our salvation, where do we get that from? Well, we find that in the verse before us this morning, specifically in Hebrews 2, verse 10. Let's read that this morning. For in bringing many sons and daughters to glory, it was entirely appropriate that God, for whom and through whom all things exist, should make the pioneer of their salvation perfect through sufferings. That's Hebrews 2, 10. Indeed, according to that text, Jesus is the pioneer of our salvation. That word pioneer can also be translated or also mean the following. It could mean captain or champion. Jesus is indeed the captain or the champion, the pioneer of 
our salvation. God has given us Jesus and the divine hero or pioneer of our salvation. According to God's word, he is the champion who saves. Jesus became man uh, to save man. Let me say that again. Jesus became man to save man. Jesus is, in fact, the source of our salvation. Uh, number two, we now belong uh, to a family. Have you ever felt like an outsider with someone or anyone? Have you ever felt like an outsider in your entire life? I think we all have. Uh, maybe you felt like an outsider at work, uh, maybe at school, or I hate to say this, but maybe you felt like an outsider in your own family. Have you been there? Uh, many of you know uh, the name Mike and Rosa Stedman if you've attended Lakeshore for any amount of time. Uh, Mike and Rosa Stedman attended Lakeshore City Church for nearly a decade. About a little over a year ago, uh, they actually moved away and we prayed over them and sent them off and they moved uh, uh, to Arizona. You know, shortly after they arrived in Arizona, our precious Rosa was diagnosed with ALS, Lou Gehrig's disease. You know, it, it, the, the disease, Lou Gehrig's disease, ALS, it, it began to really attack her body quickly and things began to deteriorate. And that's what that disease does. It just really destroys uh, your muscles and so on and so forth. So she found herself uh, in a wheelchair uh, rather quickly. Uh, one Sunday, she was at church. The wheelchair was something new to her. And she was in the lobby area of this church. She noticed that there was a young gal or a gal walking around the church. She probably was on staff or a key member of the church. And she believed she was praying uh, in the lobby, praying for things, probably doing something noble. And she should be applauded for that. However, Rosa took notice that right in front of her was a lady that was in need, a lady that was recently diagnosed with a disease called ALS. This was a lady that was in need of something. Rosa was in need of a touch, and Rosa was in need of prayer. You know, this lady missed it. She didn't recognize that. She didn't see that. And my goal here today isn't to uh, say something negative about this lady. I don't know what was going on in her mind, but you know, sometimes in the church, we, we miss things. We may not mean to, but we miss things. Sometimes we don't treat our own family the way that we should. We get busy. Uh, we don't always see the things that are right in front of us. So if I could give that lady the benefit of the doubt, maybe that's what happened. But she did miss it. You know, the church is not perfect and families are not perfect. But I got good news for you. According to the text before us this morning, that if you're a Christian, the good news is this, is you now belong to a new family. You belong to God's family. For those of you who may have felt left out or felt like an outsider, according to God's word, you're no longer an outsider. You, my friend, you, beloved, are an insider. I want you to just have your eyes, fix your eyes onto the first nine words of Hebrews 2, verse 10. Let me read them to you. For in bringing many sons and daughters to glory. 
Let me say that again. For in bringing many sons and daughters to glory. According to that verse, brothers and sisters, Jesus has brought us into glory. According to this verse, we are now sons and daughters. We are family. The first nine words of this verse are extraordinary because they're an extraordinary summary of the gospel. But few gospel summaries uh, that we see in scripture so beautifully capture the work and the ministry of Jesus Christ than Hebrews 2 verse 10 does. You see, these uh, th this gospel summary, it focuses on something unique. It focuses, the nine words focus on the relational and the familial aspects, family aspects of the gospel. Why is that? Why is it focusing on family and our relationship? Because the gospel has done something. If you're in Christ, the gospel has impacted you in many ways. And one of those ways is that gospel has transformed you into children of God and siblings of Jesus. How powerful are those nine words? Hey, brothers and sisters, I think Charles Spurgeon, who's known as the Prince of All Preachers, summed up this verse best when he said these words. Oh, what a marvelous oneness. What a marvelous oneness uh, there is between Christ and his people. Glory to God. Number three, the costly price of being made perfect. The costly price of being made perfect. Again, Hebrews 2, 10, starting with, starting with these words, it was entirely appropriate. Kind of fix your eyes there. Let's read it together. It was entirely appropriate that God for whom and through whom all things exist should make the pioneer of their salvation, listen to these words, perfect through sufferings. Again, the words I want you to fix your eyes on or be thinking about is perfect through sufferings. You may be pondering the question, uh, how is one who was already perfect, speaking about Jesus, how is this one who was already perfect made perfect? I mean, the text says he was made perfect through suffering. The, the verse says Jesus was made perfect through his sufferings. I just repeated it again. It's kind of an interesting verse, isn't it? Are you stumbling on it yet? There's an explanation. I want to give it to you. Uh, let me be clear. It is not that Jesus was imperfect. Again, it's not that Jesus was imperfect and then he became perfect. He suffered in the incarnation, okay? So he suffered in the incarnation. Let, let me go deeper with you. It is not that God uh, had to learn something about suffering, uh, it's not that God had to learn something about suffering through the incarnation. Uh, what this is saying is, is this is carrying the idea of being made complete. Jesus is being made complete through his sufferings. What this means is as Jesus suffered, 
He was found by God to have suffered well. He was shown to have suffered perfectly. That's what this verse is saying. He was found, as scripture teaches us, to be without sin. Uh, Brothers and sisters, ultimately, Jesus completed the work that God the Father had ordained for him. Jesus became perfect or complete by experiencing obedience and obedience he he experienced in human flesh. Brothers and sisters, scripture teaches us, and hopefully you know this. If not, you'll know it now. Jesus is fully God, but yet he's fully man. And suffering was always a part, uh, suffering was always uh, the part of salvation's plan. It was the plan from the very beginning that Jesus would come and he would suffer and he would ransom many and he would go to that cross and he would suffer for us. I'd like for you to consider a verse here. It's in the book of Acts, Acts chapter three, verses 18 and 19. Again, talking about the costly price of being made perfect in our precious savior, Jesus. Let me read you Acts three, verses 18 and 19. In this way, God fulfilled what he had predicted. You see prophecy there? Uh, So in this way, God fulfilled what he had predicted through all of the prophets that his Messiah would suffer. Therefore, in other words, he's going to suffer, he's going to die, he's going to pay the penalty for our sins. He is the answer. He is our hope. Therefore, repent and turn back so that your sins may be wiped out. We need our sins wiped out. Jesus, the suffering Savior, has wiped out the sins for those who repent and believe the glorious gospel. That's why it says, therefore repent and turn back, turn from your sins. Recognize that Jesus Christ is the Messiah, that he went to that cross, he suffered, he bled. And now he, and obviously with Easter coming up, uh, the tomb is empty, he's been resurrected. He now sits at the right hand of God the Father. But the sufferings of Christ are proper. The sufferings of Christ are productive And the sufferings of Christ are perfecting. He is perfect. He is God. He is our great high priest. Brothers and sisters in Christ, you are family because of this suffering Savior. You've been adopted into his family. Hey, this is a good family to be adopted into, right? You've been adopted into that family. So why did Jesus go through all of the suffering. Why would he do that? Oh, brothers and sisters, scripture is so helpful. He came to redeem sinners. He came to save sinful humanity. He came to forgive sin. He came to provide us with righteousness. Oh, brothers and sisters, there was a high price that was paid. It was a costly price of being made perfect. And Jesus is perfect. He is complete. He is our God. He is our Savior. Praise the Lord for that. 
Uh, brothers and sisters, I, I have a question for you, and, and you're in your living room, but just would you just really stop and consider this question? Do you really expect to be made perfect without suffering? Let me say that again. Do you really expect to be made perfect? I'm talking about you uh, without suffering. Do you, I mean, have you worked this out? I mean, do you really expect to never pass through the valley of dry bones? What do you expect? I, I want you to consider this. Expect that as a part of the family, as part of God's family, uh, brothers and sisters, you are going to taste your fair share of sufferings. You know, I heard one uh, pastor say this. He says, you're either getting into some sort of suffering or you're coming out. But when you come out, it's just a matter of time before you get yourself right back into some sufferings. It's kind of part and parcel of being a Christian. Uh, how about this? Expect this, that a divine purpose is being played out in your walk with Jesus as you do suffer. Expect that suffering is something Expect that, expect that suffering is doing something in you. It's strengthening you. It's doing something. It's strengthening you. And it's making you ultimately, listen to this, it's making you more like Jesus. You want to be like Jesus? The Bible says be like Jesus. It says be perfect for he is perfect. It's what the Bible teaches we know we will never be perfect uh, in and of ourselves, but Jesus asks us or commands that of us. Uh, what does he mean uh, by that? Uh, brothers and sisters, there's a lot in that. There's a lot to be said in that. Is it possible that some of you who are born again followers of Jesus Christ are being made perfect through your sufferings? Your journey, yes, is different. Uh, you're not perfect. Your, your journey is different than that of Christ's. I mean, you are not perfect and Jesus is. However, daily, you are being made perfect. It's called sanctification. Sanctification is the word. Did you know that a day is coming where not only you're going to be made perfect, a day is coming where you will stand in front of God and he will see you as perfect. How is that? How is it that God could see you as perfect? Well, it's certainly not because of what you've done. We know what we are. If we're honest with ourselves, we know that we're sinful. We know that we've never done anything. You know, we, we know that we've been sinning from the beginning. I mean, Romans 3 teaches us that, that all fall short of the glorious standard, that all of us are with sin and have sinned. And even after we are redeemed and come to a saving faith, we still continue to sin. So how in the world can we be made perfect? Well, it's because of what Jesus Christ did for us. Brothers and sisters, as we look at this verse, it is indeed entirely appropriate that God, for whom all things exist, should make the pioneer of our salvation perfect through his sufferings. He makes us perfect. And because he makes us perfect, we can stand in front of the one who is perfect, the holy one, the righteous one, and because 
of the perfect, precious work of Jesus Christ, we stand in front of God and Christ's perfection is transferred to us and we are made perfect because of Christ. So I just want to encourage each of you. I want to encourage you, Rosa Stedman, don't give up. Don't give up. Every day that you wake up, Rosa, God has a plan and a purpose for you. He's doing something in you. But maybe some of you are in a marriage right now and it's just being, it's taxing. And it doesn't seem uh, to really ever get better. You're disappointed. Uh, there have been things maybe promised to you or things that you thought and, and maybe it's legit. Uh, hang in there. God is doing something in that moment through this affliction, through the pain, through the what the heck is going on. God is doing something. There's a costly price of following Christ because we have to be obedient. We have to go against what the world will tell us to do. We got to die to ourselves and we got to lean in and trust Christ. You know, oftentimes we talk about the price that we pay uh, to follow Christ. And there is a price, but is it really? If we think about what has been done for us and what he's doing for us. Remember, as we go through life and we look at trials or sufferings, brothers and sisters, this stuff's not happening to us. It's happening for us. What's happening for us? We are becoming like Jesus. To become like Jesus is a beautiful and noble and blessed thing. We start having what we call a family resemblance. Some of you, you would say, I look like my dad or I look like my mom. That's a family resemblance and that's a good thing. But imagine if you start looking like your father, not because of your looks, because you act like him. You become him. By, you look like him. You act not like him because of your obedience. What a precious thing to have said about you that you obey God. Brothers and sisters, what a beautiful and magnificent verse that we have looked at together. Jesus is the source of salvation. We now belong to a family and there was a costly price of being made perfect. Glory to God for his word. Hey, as we close, I wanted to leave you with two questions. These two questions are designed to facilitate a conversation in that living room that you're in. Uh, so I want your entire family to participate. And here's the two questions. The first question, how is God using your trial or your sufferings to make you more like him? How is God using your current trials or sufferings or maybe previous trials and sufferings to make you more like him? Uh, I want everybody in your group to, to, to answer that question. Uh, the second question is this. What are some of the ways that you personally are looking more and more like your father? Uh, where is the family resemblance? Give some specifics to that. How is it you're looking more and more like him? How are you obeying just like the father asked you to? Talk about it. Do a deep dive on that in your group. And remember this, brothers and sisters, 
According to God's word, according to the Great Commission, we can be and we are church. God's doing so many great things in our church. I'm encouraged by what God's doing. But let's be a church that loves God, that loves people, and makes disciples. God bless you. I love you, church.